Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service uh, from the Bernard Benefice for the 21st of March. This is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Our service begins with some introductory music. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord, Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and in faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and in peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And because it is Lent, uh, we say also the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Our first lesson is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he had suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him having been designated by God a high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Our Gospel is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 12, 
verses 20 to 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, like me, you might be puzzled about Melchizedek and the comments in our reading from Hebrews. What is the order of Melchizedek? And why is the writer of the Hebrews, who almost certainly was not Paul, equating Jesus with him? What could all this be about? A couple of weeks ago now, we were speaking about Abram, or Abraham, and it is in the middle of this story that Melchizedek appears. Abraham has successfully defeated the large group of eastern kings who, among other things, had captured Lot, Abram's nephew. And after the rescue, suddenly, without any previous mention, we read this in Genesis chapter 14. And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him one-tenth of everything. Well, the first thing to notice, perhaps, is that uh, Melchizedek was priest and king. A sacred king, therefore, exercising authority in Salem, which was later to become Israel's holy capital, and, of course, the place where Jesus would come to show that he was the Messiah. But to understand why this comparison is being made, and the writer We'll make it even more strongly, by the way, in chapter 7. We need to remind ourselves 
about the office of the high priest. In the Jewish tradition, the high priesthood is established, and we read this in the book of Exodus, when Moses ordains Aaron as the first high priest, the one charged with entering its Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. All the high priests were to be descendants of Aaron. Originally, the high priest status was secondary to that of the king, but gradually the authority of the high priest extended to the political arena. And the important point is that Melchizedek of Salem is pre-Moses, and therefore pre-Aaron. He is not part of this hereditary lineage, yet he is both priest and king, and even Abraham, the father of all Israel, paid tithes to him, honoured him in, in such a case, and was blessed by him. The author of the book of Hebrews is determined to explain that Jesus is superior to all other kings. He is, of course, uncreated, immortal and permanent, superior to all the biblical heroes, including Abraham and Moses. His priesthood was divinely appointed. So Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by God. The letter to the Hebrews, although rather more of a sermon than a letter, stresses that the incarnation of Christ, the incarnation of Christ is a rupture with the past. The language of continuity between the covenants and laws of the Old Testament and the messages of the New, which we are used to hearing, is not found here. Rather, it is overturned. Hebrews expresses a suppressionist view that Christianity replaces everything else, including, of course, Judaism. Hence the link made to Melchizedek, drawing a line from Genesis directly to Christ, bypassing everything else. Hebrews will go on to explain that Christ's sacrifice on the cross is the ultimate, superseding all sacrifices, particularly those made from Moses to the end of the temple period by the high priest. The purpose then of this book is to reinforce the new covenant. To pass on from previous religious rites and rules and to engage us unhesitatingly in the spiritual cleansing and renewal that Jesus urges on us. What more suitable book for the middle of Lent? Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, 
of one being with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So let us pray for the church and for the world. We pray for your church in the world, for our archbishops Justin and Stephen, and all our church leaders. As churches slowly reopen, help them to do so safely and sensitively. We pray for all churches, cathedrals, chapels and the congregations. We pray for those who return and those who continue to listen online. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father in heaven, as we hear of the ever-deteriorating situation in Myanmar, we pray for all the people there, for peace, for conversation, and for a stop to all the violence oppression by the junta. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our country, we give thanks for schools and teachers, for the gifts you have given them, for their renewed work to help pupils to learn. In our area, we give thanks for the attention paid at Alderman Peel to young people's mental health. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, who came to help all in need, we thank you for the faithful volunteers in the Burnhams, all of them, who have done shopping, delivered meals, collected prescriptions, kept in contact with those who are alone, and watched out for one another during the past year of pandemic and lockdown. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we remember all those who are ill, many of whom are just not known to us. <coughs> but in our benefit, we pray for Jill Smith and for John Crombie, and we ask you to gather round them and strengthen them as they recover. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks, Lord, for those who we have walked this life with, who we no longer see. And Lord, in our prayers, we keep this week the friends and family of Hugh Shepherd, asking you to be with them 
as they adjust to the loss and give them confidence that he is safe and at peace and at rest with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as we look forward to Palm Sunday and then Easter Day and towards the end of Lent, help us to hold on to the reflections and discoveries we have made in this season, letting them inform <coughs> and improve our lives as we continue to walk with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Just before the blessing, a notice concerning next week. Next week, on Tuesday, the 23rd of March, uh, the nation is engaging in a day of reflection. Uh, a day of reflection which is one year exactly after the establishment of the first COVID-19 lockdown in this country. To help with that reflection, all five of the churches in the Burn and Benefice will be open all day on Tuesday and there will be an opportunity uh, to light a candle at around midday, uh, which is when the silence is uh, scheduled and in each church there will be somebody there to uh, help you find all the things you need to light the candle and to spend your time, hopefully, in peace and quiet and thoughtfulness. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you, be with all those you love, and remain with you always. Amen.
Oh.